on the leading edge with AB. Living on the leading edge with AB. Living on the leading edge with AB. Yama. Yama Caro, brother. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Yourself? Good to see you, bro. Yeah, you too. Yeah, thanks for coming on me podcast. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me down here. Yeah, no, um, I've been thinking about getting you on for ages when I when I first thought about getting a podcast and I just knew the, the stuff that you were doing was, was wonderful and um, yeah, positive stuff, bro, and I really uh, love what you do, eh? Yeah, appreciate and, uh, it. Man. I've seen you on TikTok and, and uh, well, you're a huge... Uh, huge influencer on tiktok as well yeah and um i think i saw your first um doing some stuff i think it was in a riverbank and like, like a little creek and you threw bush in and yeah. then you pulled all these uh it was like fish all these little fish out i don't know it was it was crazy yeah and i thought yeah. to myself, man how deadly is that yeah and i saw that but did you want to just introduce yourself and who, who you are where you're from and who's your mob and yeah yeah, um, my name's Damien Kennedy. I'm a proud Yampa man from out in Ivanhoe, New South Wales. I say New South Wales because people think um, I'm from Victoria because there's an Ivanhoe there as well, but it's Ivanhoe, New South Wales. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Um, and that's where all my mob are from. So up from um, Ivanhoe um, up to Condo. Yeah. So how big's Ivanhoe? Uh, now it'd be about. 300 people, 280 people, roughly around there. But yeah. it used to be up to about, you know, 800 to 1,000. But that was when the railway was um, still operating. Yeah. Yeah, they called it railway town. So, and that was pretty big, like a big transporting and um, job job stuff there. So, yeah. 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 But it's kind of uh, shut down now and the, the town's kind of slowly dying out, which is sad to see. But, yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a lovely place. Um it was one of those places that, um, what could you say, you loved it but hated it at the same time, you know. Yeah. It was a um, tough upbringing in that, in that environment, yeah. Yeah. So uh, was it really tough because of uh, lack of resources you had so far out west or, or what or was it just you had a tough upbringing like with, yeah, just, with family stuff or... Yeah, it was just it was just one of those places that was yeah really tough in terms of um like the employment thing wasn't a great opportunity um there for a lot of for a lot of mob um but there's a lot of drugs alcohol um and a lot of violence you know so as a young kid um you know growing up and seeing that and being amongst it was a was a hard thing you know um me myself like you know at the age of um eight to nine you know I, I watched um a person that meant everything to me in my life um be you know raped in front of my eyes and you know as a young kid to see that that's you know it's it's a hard thing you know and a hard thing to deal with um and to be able to watch that person walk out and then have a bit of a smile on their face and scruff you on the head as they walk out that door it's a you know a big turning point yeah. i mean to the way that uh you know, from a kid that was happy and, and, and very smiling type of person to be able to quickly switch like that, you know, mm. from, from something like that, you know. So that kind of led me down to a bit of a, a, a tough path, you know, because that person as well, you know, said, you know, please don't say anything. You know, I had to keep that with me for a very, very long time, you know, and um, try and manage that and, and deal with that as a young kid, you know. Mm. Yeah, mm. so... 
it's tough and 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 a lot of people from that um area have experienced uh similar stuff um in different ways but yeah they've all got a story to tell out that way you know it's yeah. a very tough place um you know to 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 grow up in um but my mum <clears throat> my family are very loving and caring people as well very cultural people mm. um and my mum worked really hard to get us out of that environment and she did you know she became a school teacher um got a job and moved us out of there mm. you know, so but in saying that um the stuff that uh, i took on and and had to um live with that led into a, a different environment so when we moved away that's where I got into a lot of drugs and alcohol, and because I didn't deal with a lot of things, I was on a destructive path, you know, so, mm. um, yeah. How long did that go for? Um, <clears throat> so, from about the age of 15, I reckon I, I started getting into the drugs and alcohol, and I went to about roughly around, from, yeah, from there to about 24 to 26, mm. yeah. I tried like um you know easing back and you know but giving up like say alcohol or drugs um if you haven't dealt with your trauma and things like that you're going to continue to go back to it you know so mm. and that was what was happening and at the end of the day I just had to take a deep look at myself and realize that you know I needed help and I needed to do something about it and it was going to come down to me you know um so yeah I just yeah, decided to, to work on my past trauma, um, work deep within myself. I got connected back with my culture, which was a deep thing. Mm. And, and that's what really changed things over because I had a belonging. Um, and the meaning behind, like, our culture, you know, and the deepness within it, it can shift you from the, the moment that you're in, like the bad situations that you're in, into a nice um, spiritual path that you, you truly need to be on, you know. Mm. So... Yeah, that's something that I had to do, um, and it was hard, but, you know, I got there in the end, and now I'm giving back to the community. So what are you doing now? So at the moment, I manage um, a drug and alcohol rehab in Melbourne, so I support those that have got issues with drug and alcohol, mental health, and those that are incarcerated, so, yeah, I manage a place called Galliamble in St Kilda. That's right. Yeah, 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 it's good. Yeah, it's a tough gig, though, but it's good, yeah. Um, you you being the manager, so you're the manager down there at Gallianville? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. an Aboriginal rehab, yeah. drug and alcohol. Yeah, so it's an Aboriginal rehab, but, you know, we accept non-Indigenous people as well, you know, if they want to, um, you know, there's a lot of non-Indigenous people that love being around Aboriginal people and the way that we do things, so mm. um, just the way that we are as, you know, healers and, you know, our, our cultural components and our spirit, they love that energy, you know, so, you know, they they like to be part of that, you know, for their recovery and it, it works really well for them. Connecting them. Yeah, connecting them. And there's a lot of non-Indigenous people out there too that have been um, brought up around Aboriginal people, you know. So, yeah, on that know. low socioeconomic area, yeah, that, eh? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So... But they just love it, and you know, um, we've had a we've had Irish people in there, we've had um, Maori people, um, yeah, people from all over. Mm. They come into there and do their healing, and some are going on to do bigger and better things, you know. So that's good to see. Well, Irish people are very similar to a lot of us Blackfellas too. If you go yeah. over to Ireland and that, ain't eh? like their connection, their community, and that is sort of similar. Yeah, 
and especially with the alcohol component too you know like it's like over there they have a lot of alcohol issues you know so um and then coming over here and not dealing with their their trauma and stuff that they've had in the past over there that way is you know it's um yeah like you're saying it's really related a, a lot so being with us they connect and they, and they feel like they belong you know mm. and are a part of something which is good i had a cousin that moved over there uh, the island he met an Irish girl and he lives over there, yeah, amongst them all, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, he's I'm trying to trying to get over there maybe next year, and yeah, uh, but uh, th- he was telling me that they're like villages over there, and their villages are kind of like they're um, everyone's related, yeah, yeah, in the town or village, and and it's kind of like that that clan sort of connection, yeah, that yeah, they've got with each other, they're all seem to be, yeah related and it's uh yeah so it'd be interesting to go over and check them out yeah yeah 100 percent. well down at where i work gallyamble like it's <coughs> irish like like crazy down there you know it's all irish pubs and all that so yeah so you see a lot of them there but even when, as i said like a lot that do want recovery they know that our um rehab's there so they you know try to get in and and whatnot we help them out but um, <clears throat> yeah, it's a tough place that like for anyone to to come to Galley and do their recovery, um, they're in a in an environment that is very tough, you know, because there's pubs and clubs all down there. There's um, you know, there's dealers across the road. That it's a very um, it's a tough street mm. to do healing. But if you can do it there, you can mm. do it anywhere. So you're right in the sort of city. Yeah, 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 on Grey Street. It was known as one of the worst streets in, oh, like in Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, um, you'd have night workers out the front. You'd, it was just, it was full on. Actually, the first day that I got there and worked, it was it was a bloke that was just overdosing on the on the street right right at the front of the doorstep, you know. Mm. I was like, wow, you know, this is the first day. Like Crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And then you got to think you've got brothers and that in there that, you know, are trying to do the best they can and, you know they see stuff like that and that's where they want to be you know mm. it's a hard thing so but you know you just got to put the work in you got to show the love and support to them and you know push them in the best direction you can possibly do you know mm. set them up you know everything that they need yeah so what took you to melbourne for like from ivan <clears throat> how come you didn't come up this way like sydney way or well i did i <clears throat> i left ivan we went to hay um as we we're younger and I think um, I, I'd met my um, the mother of the kids, you know, years and years ago back then, and um, in hay. Yeah, well, it was kind of just over social media and through a mutual friend, and um, yeah, she flew down, and it, that's just how that started. That so, how many kids you got? I got two, two, two beautiful boys. Yeah, wow. yeah, nine and seven. Yeah, wow. yeah. So they're 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 everything to me now. That's you know anything I do now is all for them. You know, yeah. so yeah. Yeah, and, you know, I moved up to Brisbane to be with her and um, stayed up there for about three years. We had our first boy and then we moved out to the bush. And, yeah, she just, she knew the life that I, I'd lived and she just said, you know, you can you can do this. You can, um, you know, you can you can give back to your people and, and all that. And it was the first time someone had actually believed in me too. So having that, I was like, yes, yeah, sweet, I can do this, you know. Mm. And, she helped me through my studies and that you know i didn't learn to read and write till about the age of oh, 
16, 15, mm. you know, I couldn't couldn't spell it all, you know, so she helped me through that and yeah, I ended up getting six diplomas now and That's mine. Yeah, yeah. So it just kinda it kick started everything then and I just wanted to do everything i possibly could in the short amount of space that i knew that i had left you know because mm. i'd wasted so much of my life um you know just engaging in you know violence and and drugs and alcohol and i knew that okay well, this is how long i've got to go so i've got to do whatever i can to to change that around you know mm. and yeah <clears throat> and that's how it led into that and then um i went to wagga and i was managing a, a medical um, health team there, which was made up of domestic violence, drug and alcohol, mental health, social emotional well-being, um, youth at risk, and family youth support. So, mm. and they all had like four people in those teams, um, and they all had to manage roughly a, around about fifteen to twenty people. So I had to oversee something like a hundred and forty something clients and and staff as well. Mm. And then the opportunity um, come at in Melbourne to to run a run the rehab and yeah i took it actually a mate from there that was the manager he was leaving and he gave me a call and said man you need to come down here and i needed a break at the time too like you know i'd, I'd just been doing so much and i was getting a bit disappointed with a few decisions a, along the way and i thought yeah well, I, I need i need a change so um we packed up and we moved to melbourne yeah i've been there for two years now yeah 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 and it was it was hard too because in that um that two years we moved all our family out there everything was you know great for the the 10 years you know um but you know went through the separation and, and stuff like that so having to manage everything that was going on and then have to deal with all my own personal stuff you know mm. like that's probably the first time i've ever had a you know a, a heartbreak you know like in terms of anything of you know of loving someone and then having to you know find my way around everything and you know and and try and come out the best i possibly could for my kids you know so but it worked out really well we we're very mature about it and um you know and we're doing really great she she lives here in newcastle with my youngest and i've got my oldest in melbourne yeah and life's not easy for a man and i, I don't think a lot of people realize that um you have to just take things on and there's no talking about it you just move on yeah and you do the best you can because yeah. we're um seem to be untires of knots yeah and when you're a young man a lot of the time you don't have those male role models around you that have successful uh relationships yeah. where you can get that information from yeah yeah and it's kind of like if you've grown up in a broken home where you don't have a dad around you've grown up with a single mum or whatever i don't know i'm not saying you but i'm just saying like any man really like yeah. especially aboriginal men in that as well like we don't have too many strong male male role models in our communities and when we do we really cherish them and and, and love that uh love that advice and did you have many around or no well <clears throat> i never really got to to meet my father till i was about oh, 14 15 um so as i said it was my mum she had to raise seven of us there was only it was only a two-bedroom house um it was out in the middle of nowhere red dirt and you had to walk uh, a good 40 meters to the toilet you know like mm. it was it was tough and but my mum had so a, when you say 40 meters to the toilet like, it like an outside yeah, toilet outside toilet 
I got a whole bush toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like a like a big. Yeah, you dig it, it out. Yeah, dig it out. Oh, and yeah. um, yeah, it was just a tin, tin, tin roof, and that was it. Like that's old school, eh? That's old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I said, so no. that was like in the nineties, in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, and as a, like yeah, we was talking earlier there too. Before I was around in that house too. It was not far from where my um my pops pop was just buried. He was just buried out in the dirt you know yeah like there's no there's no um no headstone no headstone no, no nothing like that you know it's just buried out there old school ways you know so, yeah 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 just so, dug a hole and just put him in it yeah thought. they did ceremony and stuff back then um so yeah and that's just how it was like and roughly in that area too there's about um five or six others as well yeah 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 old school ways so you know, too, you, you kind of used to get a bit windy or things like that too. So if you had to walk from the house, yeah, you know, you know your little head's starting to think. So he was that. buried like out in your backyard? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, front yard, I'd say. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that's just the way that it was way back then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Nighttime, eh? You'd be running around and you just knew that that old fellow was buried out the backyard yeah, or yeah, front yard. Yeah, front yard. But at the same time too, like when you're, when you're a cultural person and you're you're kind of raised around stuff like that like ghosts and things you know is all we're all changing our mindset because of movies but aboriginal people were one with all that you know we're really connected with all that stuff and um yeah movies and things have just lost our way for our young ones but you know back then it was just something like oh it was always in your head but mm. you know you, you knew that that's what it was you know mm. but yeah it's totally different now but yeah yeah, but that's yeah, that's where they were, that's where he was buried, and a lot of others as well. So yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, so your grandfather, how old's he? Um, he's, he's still around. Yeah, he's still around. He's uh, ninety-two. Yeah. So what sort of influence did he have on you? He had a big one. He he was uh, they were old school back then too. Like I said, if you got into an argument with another kid or anything, it was like you're in the ring. They put up a circle and it was punch on get it done with shake hands and move on with it you know mm. not like today's you know stuff but um yeah just and, and cultural wise and just really really tough hard worker i remember when i left school he was there the next day and it was i mean it was six in the morning and he was knocking at the door and he said you get up you're not stay home i said oh, i just finished school you know because i don't care you're gonna get yourself a job today and um he put me in the car we drove around to about Oh, I think it was like 12.45 or something like that. I landed myself a job picking pumpkins and things out bush, you know. Mm. Um, but that's what he was like, you know. You're not staying home being lazy and stuff like that. You're going to get to work, you mm. know. Your mother worked hard to get you to here. You've got to do the same, mm. you know. And it didn't matter what I had going on, whether I was mixed with drugs or, or alcohol, you still had to get up that next day. He would not let you slip, you mm. know. Um, yeah, but he was also one too that... Um, he, he, he was a cattleman and um, he saved up all his money and um, he bought this transporting company and it was to transport the mail. Yeah. And little did he know, though, buying it, thinking, yeah, sweet, I'll make, a, I'll make some money out of this and I'll be the first uh, black fella to have this big transporting job um, company along the, along the, the back roads. Mm. He bought it. But the problem was it was a mail run as well. And because he was Aboriginal, he wasn't allowed to touch the mail. So 
you know, he put all this money into it and then um, when they didn't tell him, but as soon as he put all his money in and that and then he went to go and pick up the mail, they said, you can't touch this, you're a black fella, you know. So he just said, oh, you know, what am I going to do? This is, you know, I need to be able to get this mail from here to there, you know. It's important. I said, well, you can't do it. I'll have to ring up. So I don't know where they had to ring up back in those days, but it was something to do with the Queen and all that stuff. And they rang and said, um, <clears throat> so they rang up and said, oh, there's an Aboriginal man, he, he wants to transport the, the, the mail. Mm. And they said, well, he can do it, but he has to have people there and they have to be white people to have to put the mail on and they have to take the mail off wherever he gets to. So my pop just said, nah, I'm not going to do that. Mm. And he took it. And he knew because he knew that that was the only place that they could get the mail delivered in the back roads. So at the end of the day, they had to come to some type of agreement to make that happen. And mm. I think it was like one of the first people out near that way that he could start to touch the, the mail and deliver it out to people. Yeah. When was that? Around what time? I don't know. When it, <clears throat> when it Yeah, I couldn't give you an exact time, but yeah, it was like years and years ago. Like, yeah. But, yeah, I remember him telling me those stories. I was like, wow, you know. Mm. Like, not to be able to just, uh, yeah, touch that mail, you know. Crazy, eh? Yeah, crazy times. And I asked him, I said, was it, was it hard back then? He said, yeah and no. Like, um, but it, depend, it depended to, like, he said that he had a lot of, you know, non-Indigenous people too that helped him out a lot as well, mm. you know, to, to get into a position that he needed to be. But it was very hard in terms of government-wise and stuff like that. Like, mm. They made it really hard on Aboriginal people back then, you know. Mm. Yeah, so. Well, they still have um, laws now, the racist laws. Yeah. The race power laws, one of them. But um, they can make special laws about any race in this country. Yeah. So Australia is, uh, well, have a look at what what's just happened with The Voice and, and now it's a resounding yeah. no. Yeah. And um, you can see the historical um, um, what's happened and now it's influenced people today, non-Aboriginal people today, in their, their choices yeah. and things like that. But it's it's crazy the, the historical information that you hear from your elders and that yeah. about what they talk about, eh? Yeah. And uh, how they weren't allowed inside towns and all that after certain times. Or they'd get yeah. locked up and yeah. my mum talks, yeah, tells me some things about her family and I think it was one o'clock in the day in Canada where they weren't allowed in and they'd be able to get thrown in the in the cells. Yeah. My nan and my mum's siblings and stuff, even as kids and yeah, yeah, women and that, yeah. Yeah. But that was that's law, Australian law. Yeah. Legislation and they I suppose it's what all this truth telling's about. We we still keep pushing towards getting the truth out, the real Australian truth and uh a lot of people don't want to don't want that out. No, they don't. And it's it is it's a tough thing and you know, um my my nan and pop they've still got the dog tags. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Can you tell tell people what the dog tags are? Yeah, so the dog tags <coughs> are um a tag that um allowed the the mob to be able to go into town and shop for food or get certain things, but it had a set time in it. And if they um, didn't abide by that time they would get locked up um, bashed um, and stuff like that so bashed by by law so um, yeah it was that's tough you know mm. um, and, and I remember Nan saying that she um, not her but one of her uh, relatives got um, absolutely flogged you know 
probably been five minutes over time. Back yeah. to the mission. Yeah, like, no, I've just flogged within that township, you know. She was heading back to, to the mish, right, but she was five minutes past her due time to be past the line and she got flogged. Yeah. So the line is where the mission was, on yeah. the mission grounds or something? Yeah, so they had a set line, which is where, you know, you could come into, which was an invisible line made up by them, but um, you got an idea. Of, the mission manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you want to tell people what the mission manager and what a mission actually is? So a mission was a place where Aboriginal people were um, pushed from all over, so even those that were stolen, you know, from all over different areas of the, the country, like you might have Barkindji people move down to um, somewhere on Wiradjuri country, wherever a mission was there, you know. Um, and, yeah, so they were four pushed in to like a reserve, a mission area. and um, Like a concentration yeah, camp. Yeah, yeah, pretty much like a concentration camp. And, um, yeah, it was just, it was a way to be in control of them, you know. It mm. took them off their their homeland, stripped them of their, you know, their cultural ways, their, their spirit, um, broke them down, took the um, strong black Aboriginal man, broke everything they could away from him so that the family could suffer. Um, and just, yeah, really... Yeah, really did everything they could to belittle and um, take power from Aboriginal people, you know. Mm. It, was a, it was a horrible thing, you know, and especially if you got people that can still tell that story of their ways back then. It's, mm. You know, if you can sit around and listen to it, it's, yeah, it's quite heartbreaking. How old is your pop? My pop, yeah, so he's, how old is he now? Yeah. yeah so he's 92, yeah. So he'd have a wealth of knowledge in. Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's crazy. Because there's not many Aboriginal men actually get past 50. No, no, no. And his mother, um, which is my great-grandmother, she lived to 105. That's she crazy. still speaks all the lingo. It's all in um, the museum in Canberra. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old ways, you know. And um, my nan and... Yeah, so my nan's um, father, and he, he fought in the war and that, but he had a block of land, and um, when he went to the war and come back... They t they'd taken that from him, but they gave everyone else land and, and stuff, but actually took his. He actually owned that stuff, so, yeah. you know, and then he got sick, but he come back and um, he got well and then went back again to fight for, you know, our people and, and the Australian people. And, um, yeah, and then just come back and he passed. But he, my nan said he was a different man, you know, mm. changed man. And her, her pop, he was a spirit man. He was scarred from head to toe, you know. Mm. He was a very, yeah, he was a clever man. So, and we've got photos and that of him as well, so. That's mad. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's um really deep cultural um family that mum's on my nan's side, yeah. You're very lucky. Yeah, yeah. very lucky. Very lucky to be just um, brought up around that stuff as well. Yeah. Um, and be shown that... Um, from uncles and, you know, aunties and that as well that were part of that, that had had that passed down and, and that, you know. Yeah, so. And that's what a lot of your content I see is on uh, TikTok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's how it kind of roughly started too. I got on TikTok and that and I was looking around and the mob, you know, we're funny people, you know, so they were just making comedy stuff after comedy stuff and I give it a crack. I'm not that funny, but... Um, I thought, well, what can I do, you know? And I looked around and I looked on YouTube and Instagram. There wasn't much cultural stuff. And I thought, well, I know that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the mob back home if I can start sharing some of that stuff. Mm. So I went back and got permission and 
every bit of content that I do, I still go back and ask, you know, is it all right if I share this, you know? Because there's a lot of stuff out there that I'd love to share, but they won't give me the right to do it, you know? Mm. They'll just say, no, not that boy, you know? That there's, um, that's, there's for men only and no one else can see it or that's for only women and so on, you know? And there's like little hunting and fishing things and that, you know, that are, I'd really love to show, but they say, no, that's for our people, you know? Mm. Yeah, so I still show that respect and I ask that permission um, before I go and do it. Or they tell me that I can do this and I can share that. Like, the same with my artifacts. Like, I'll make artifacts and people will ring up and say, you know, can, can I buy them? But my mob won't allow me to sell them, you know what I mean? They say, no, nah, because it takes away the significance of it, the cultural, spiritual stuff to it, you know? Mm. But I'm allowed to give it away. Or if say, if, say if you were to get married or you're having a special day, I can make that for you and give that to you, you know? Or, you know, all your cultural stuff that you make and do, we can trade, you know? Mm. But I can't I can't sell it. And the same when I used to do um, cleansings and s ceremonial stuff like that there, smokings and that, um, I never, ever charged anyone. Like, if someone passed, I'd go and do that for free, mm. you know what I mean? Because mm. we could never put money on it. As soon as I did that, that was breaking cultural ways, you know? And the old people back home, they'd that was it you'd be punished yeah you know because it, it takes away all the meaning to it so I, I stand staunch with that with myself you know I yeah don't, i don't break it i yeah i stick to it yeah steady yeah 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 so and that's what i do so i just share the the little cultural components as much as i can it's about trying to empower the young ones you know and i think that um since doing that it's opened up a lot of doors now you have a look on tiktok and instagram it's pumping out with uh, a lot of people doing callermans making artifacts um and it, that was what it was about it was to get those young ones going you know and be yeah. real proud of who we are and what we can do because we're a very loving and caring culture you know mm. very respectful culture too yeah. um and it's about you know connecting back with that to be able to get out of the environment that we sit in you know because it's a tough environment yeah that we're in mm. so yeah so what's what's next for you i don't know i don't, I don't know i've like i got myself to this year i want to change something up you know i want to uh, either start up a rehab or i want to um have had opportunities of looking down this way myself um to be closer with my young boy yeah i don't know and and at the same time like i want a bit of a break too you know from it all that's a lot that i've done over the space of 14 years of giving back you know like mm. it's a hard thing you know i've lost a lot along the way like a lot and it's a hard um yeah it's a hard thing you know yeah. like um when you when you give and give and give and um things just don't work out the way that they want sometimes and you yeah. lose a lot along the way and um, you've got to kind of assess yourself and um, work out where you're going to go from here to, I don't know, maybe make your spirit a lot more stronger mm. into where you want to go. And, you know, and I want to be stronger, you know, I've got my two boys and that's all that matters to me. Are you a thought leader living on the leading edge? Take the talking stick email, ab at living on the leading edge dot com. Uh-huh, uh-huh, sing along now. Mm, so you're at that crossroads, but... You got so much to give, but hey, yeah. a lot of people uh, probably watching this now will probably be blown away with what you can share with people. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people are looking for that connection and identity, and and um, 
you're obviously sharing a lot with the with with the brothers and, and girls down at the rehab as well. Yeah, yeah. Melbourne, and uh, I know that a lot of young followers of uh, like you've got a relationship with my son, and and I know he thinks very highly of you and what yeah. the the knowledge that you've got and you can share because you've been there and done it. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of people are are in this space, but they haven't been there and done it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's it. And then that's what it's about, really, too. Just you know, sharing a bit of my my story of how I got by, and you know what I had to do, and it was hard work. You know, it was hard work to to get to there. Mm. You know, it wasn't easy, but that's the beauty of about our culture. It teaches you that too. You know, you don't take the easy road; you take the hard road. Do you think that um, responsibility for a lot of young men these days is um, they get taught to? Oh, go and drink and party and all this for a while for ten years of your life. Yeah. Whereas back in your grandfather's days, he got married early from an early age. He had kids early. He would have had responsibilities. Yeah. And it taught him what what he had to do as a man. Yeah. To stand up. Whereas a lot of our young fellas these days are sitting on the on the games. They're they're not working. They part work part time. They just life's pretty cruisy they've got no kids they have to worry about it's kind of like they're still in kid mode yeah yeah 100 percent. and that's where you you look it down to our cultural law you know and it starts off with the four circles you know the the birth the core the aftercare which provides the spirit of the four circles you know um and these young ones they don't have that you know and our old school people they they followed that to Mm. a t you Mm. know they had structure they had everything they needed to be to be able you know, not getting sidetracked into nonsense. These young ones, they get to the age of 14 and the ego and that starts taking over, you know, mm. and women, that's what it's about. It's just about women, mm. you know, chasing the women around and trying to be cool, trying to be the coolest out of the group. Um, yeah, and that's where it gets lost, you know. And mm. if they've got trauma and stuff as well, that will push a big drive within that um, period where... You know, from the age of 15 to 20-something of just partying, you know. And I, w- I was in amongst that part. But, you know, as I said, the cultural part pulled me out of that as well. I had a very loving family as well. That You know, I was blessed that they gave me a lot of love because, you know, having that love too and knowing that I was, um, you know, loved got me out of those tough positions, you know. So, yeah, it's a... It's a tough thing, especially on these young ones, you know, the young ones, yeah. As I said, the young ones that do come into rehab, you know, some some do it, you know, they might do it pretty good the first go around, but you get some that come second time and third time, but they'll get it in the end, you know. Mm. Yeah, they're just lost at the moment and their, their mindset, you know. They're not consciously aware of life, the true meaning of life, you mm. know, and what it means. So, And when they come to, you know, a place like I'm at, I try to instill that and I try to um, educate them so that they're very aware of what it's, you know, truly like to be an Aboriginal person and what family and, you know, the land and all that means to us, you know. Yeah. Instead of getting sidetracked, you know, worrying about the little things. That all comes down the track, you know. Mm. But you're in control of the way that you move and shift in life if you if you do it the right way, you know. So what do you think for the next... Um generation what's what's the answer for our young generation now culture culture culture, like um yeah culture in terms of us all like having a look now with everything um you know with all the cultural stuff that's going on on social media you know we're feeling that empowerment 
you know, that drive now. Younger ones are like, yeah, I want to I get more involved. And when you start to get more involved, you start to understand the true meaning of everything, you know, and I think yeah. that's what's lost. There's no meaning to anything for this young mob no more. It's just I want to do this, I want to party, I just want to kick back, you know. Um, but when you're, when you're doing the cultural stuff and, and mixing and mingling with, you know, brothers like us, that you know, I've learned a lot from you, you know what I mean? And I'm sure that you would have taken some stuff from me as well. 100%. But, but that only happens if we're sitting around having a conversation, yeah. like, you know, clean and doing cultural stuff, which we have, you know. Yeah. You know, and I'm blessed because I've learned so much of you from some of your stories, you know. It's like, wow. And it all makes sense too because some of the cultural stuff that I do, it ties in with it, mm. you know what I mean? So it's mad, like, um, but this is what's not happening, you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just lost and doing this type of stuff it's empowering the young ones now to try and start to take lead and you know do a lot of cultural stuff i've had a lot of people in there and you know get back out on country and go and cut a cool man yeah you know and understand it and what it means you know and how happy they were to write that message to me you know because i were in a dark place at the time you know yeah so that's good to to see that or and hear that you know from other people it means uh might be helping someone out there you know on a cultural sense you know so yeah but i've run um cultural camps and that as well you know back home on country um i saved up my own money everything like that and run those camps as well and then they got funded by an organization you know and they still run now so Absolutely. yeah 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 and me and another brother uh to change what you know the there's a lot of troubled youth in Wagga at the time. I mean, a brother boy named Kurt Simpson, you know, he's, he's got a mad story himself, you know. Um, we got together one day and we were just driving around the streets and said, you know, we, we actually were meeting with the council and the police and all that one day and they brought up these statistics of how much money has been spent on fines in the rough areas like Ashmont, Tolland and that. And it was close to like point. Oh, $1.2 million in the space of two years just in Ashmont alone. So like, what? You know, and that, it was all on petty fines, like, you know, a kid riding around with a, on a pushbike with no helmet. And they started to target these areas because they knew that the kids weren't going to give a shit about it and the fines were just going to build up, you know. Um, so then me and, and, you know, and a lot of the breaking and enter, you know, because, you know, mums and mum and dad were out, um, you know, having a good time socialising and whatnot, and kids might have been left alone, you know, might have been hungry or whatnot, so they started doing breaking and enters. So me and the brother decided to start up a program called Umboidil, and that's, we used our own money. We went around to shops and all that stuff, like butchers and all that, got, you know, got them to give us stuff for free. Mm. And, um, we started getting kids off the street, you know, from uh, 6 o'clock to 12 o'clock at night. We had 150-something kids come off the street, and then the police were watching in the distance, you know, and we were running educational groups in amongst it, and the police were watching it, and, that, and they come come to us four weeks later, and they said, you know, while you boys were running this stuff, we had no crime in this, in, in this, here, in this area. And we said, oh, man, that's mad. And then with that, then state government got wind of it, and they gave us two hundred and sixty thousand in funding, and it, they turned it into a program. Man. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's just finding the little things, and then just putting the work in. Sometimes you just got to take a risk at life, you know, and use your own money to back yourself. And at the end of the day, you know, something comes of it. And if it doesn't, it didn't matter because me and the brother were just happy to get the lads off the street, you know, yeah. and have a mad time, you know, and a good laugh with the young ones as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So we did things like that there, you know, so. That's deadly. Yeah. Yeah.
Yeah, so. But that's what it was all about, you know. Yeah. yeah. Roughly like my my um, life in a short space, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's mad because I want, I, but I'll get you back on again anyway. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was awesome having you. Eh? Yeah, no, I appreciate it, my brother. Thank you for um, you know, opening up your home to me too, you know, and bring me down. I had the best sleep of my life. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> uh, and I've said that to you a couple of times, but I can't get it out of my head, you know. Yeah. Um, because as I said, my my head does a thousand things, you know. Well, it's got a lot going on, you know. So to be able to come to a cultural place and just be at peace and have a nice sleep, it meant everything to me, you know. Nah, it's mine. Yeah. Like, I love you having you around and just yeah. yarning with you and that because, yeah, I'm learning heaps off you as yeah. well. You're a lot younger than me, but um, but you've been through a lot, lot more than I've been through too yeah. and different yeah. things that you've experienced in life. yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah well that's it and as i said like even having the yarn with your mum man that was that was mad we stayed there for a good few hours you know yeah but to hear that it reminded me of what my nan would tell me you know and my pop and that they had like they were shared um similar stories you know yeah you know and it's tough man yeah growing up in those small country towns eh? yeah yeah and just to see the smile on your mum's face, you know, to be in the position that she's in now and her to say thank you to you guys, you know, to yeah. to be able to give back or put her in a good position, you know. Yeah. Because you know, it was hard for her, yeah. you know, but she just kept poking away, you know. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. that consistency, that strength, they and yeah, elders. Yeah, 100%. To yeah. get us to where we are right here, right now, having this conversation about, yeah. um, about talking about different things and it affected them and... And their stories are finally getting out through us. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. So yeah, hopefully things will start to change over in time. And us, you know, I, I think we're in a good position to be able to make better change now too. You know, yeah. with all the culture and all the you know leaders out there, like even football players. You know, like you look at Latrell and things like that that have been, you know, doing a lot of cultural stuff, his farm stuff, and you know, going around into communities and yeah. giving back. You know. Yeah. That's a t- he's got a tough, tough thing to do, but he makes time for that, you know. Yeah. And I've seen that happen, like, you know, just off the back end of him, you know. Yeah. In communities and just to see the smile on their faces. that Those little things is what drives the young people. Yeah. Because then they go, you know what, well, I want to be just like him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's all you need. They need that little spark, you know. Yeah. Because yeah, having that spark may make them go, well, you know, I, I don't want to be in drugs and alcohol. Yeah. I, I want to be just like him. And yeah. in order for me to be like that, I need to be like this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So to see people like that going around to communities and giving back and, you know, sharing their culture and um, just even empowering other people. Like I've noticed um, a couple of high up celebrity people as well, they'll grab your page and they'll share it. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and that's good to see because then that message gets out to, to, to a wider audience that don't get to see it you know? yeah and i think that's what we've got to start doing there's back in the days well i wouldn't even say back in the days still kind of happen sometimes mob are quick to drag someone down mm. you know and we've got to stop that we've got to be really starting to support them and push them yep. you know what i mean because we we've got to be out of this position that we're in we've got to We've got to be the front of the face of our own, you know, our own lives, our own country, you know. Yep, 100%. Yeah, yeah. So I'd like to see it happen more where, yeah, these people are in a good position to be able to start to share other people and empower them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All good. Thank you so much. Uh, Dylan, my brother. Love you, Dylan. Love you, my brother. Thanks for coming. Yeah, thank you.
birthday next time. Yeah, deadly. So I want to get you back. Anyway. Yeah, 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 man. We're shooting for the stars, living in the sky. Well, leave a five-star review for living on the leading edge, living on the leading edge. Wherever you listen. Living on the leading edge, uh-huh, uh-huh. Living on the leading edge, uh-huh.